All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Down by the Bank, sponsored by Brewer's Pizza. Uh, Brewer's Pizza is at 14B Blanding Boulevard, uh, Orange Park, Florida, 32073, Clay County's only brew pub. Uh, if you're coming from 295 or uh, any of uh, outside of Orange Park, it'll be on the right-hand side next to Red Lobster. If you're coming down Blanding, past movie theaters, opposite side of Blanding, uh, on the left-hand side, uh, you know, it's hot outside right now, so he's got a pretty good uh, endless summer uh, blonde golden ale. Get you right, man, 5% alcohol um, in it and 11 IBUs, so it's uh, refreshing but still gets you there. Uh, tonight we've got a pretty good uh, pretty, pretty good guest on the show. Uh, you've got JK3 and Derek, and Derek, you want to go ahead and introduce our guest? Yeah, I'd like to introduce uh, Nick Carnes of the Jax Pack. Man, this dude, it doesn't get any lifelong Jag fan better than this guy, okay? He, 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 he's been there, I think, since Steve Berline. I mean, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking 20, we're talking 24 years ago. So I, he might have been in the fifth grade in the stands. I don't know. I don't know how old Nick is, but, uh, we like to, you know, uh, introduce Nick to the podcast, to the show. Uh, is this your first time ever recording one, Nick? This is my first time recording one. I've been wanting to for a while. I've actually owned a microphone for probably five years, and it's never been used. So here it is. <laughs> so you just got a random mic just chilling at the, at the house and just I never know when to bring it out, right? Dude, I bought one years ago wanting to start a podcast, and um, here I am years later. I, I had to polish it before this. That was part of my prep. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it, it you know, the, the beauty of it is obviously you can record and – and they've given, you know, the Internet has opened up so many things for people to get their opinions out there. And even the diehard fans like us, especially when it comes to your favorite football team, you always wonder what other people think. You know, the only time you can really get involved in that is on Sundays, whether if you're in a talking mood or not, or at the sports bar. And there's a good chance you're going to disagree with someone when there's beer involved. So, <laughs> so it just really depends, man. But, yeah, we're glad to have you. Um, it's, you know, it's a dead time right now. We, we got a couple weeks till camp. So players aren't doing much. They're off in Europe and a couple of them are, you know, doing some promotion stuff. But so real quick, let's, let's start out the Jacks pack, man. What is that all about? Um, the best way that I like to describe our crew is it's like a hype, hype squad, hype crew. You know, we, um, you obviously have the cheerleaders that's going to, only have a few eyes on Sundays. Not everyone wants to be watching them, but um, we're the we're, we're the guys. Obviously, we we lead the team out of the tunnel beginning of the game. We run the flags on the field after touchdowns. We're the t-shirt guys, as majority of people know. Everybody wants a t-shirt. We fill out the beads, but um, all in all, we're, we're the hype crew, man. We, you know, obviously over the I've been doing it for 16 years, and there's been a majority of those times where there's been a lot of lull moments where we've had to be the people that hype the crowd up, even though the crowd is very disappointed. Most of the crowd is the, the other fans, unfortunately. But, you know, we're coming around to those positive years where the Jackstock's going to mean a little more. But, you know, it's it's been it's been a rough job throughout the years, but it's, it's, it's awesome for true fans because we get to be in the action, with the action, um, near the action, if you will. We're, you know, we're on the field, we're on the sidelines, we're – in the trenches, it's pretty pretty cool. But yeah, all in all, we're the hype squad. I love using the word hype, so that's <laughs> we're the hype crew. 
hey, you've got to use some type of words that show some expression. You guys have been working hard for a long time because let's be real. Besides a couple years ago, which we don't bring that up on, on this show, Nick, we're trying to move past that. Everybody else still loves living in the past. We're but way, way past 17. To, yeah, yeah. But So <laughs> y'all, you guys have been working hard because let's be real. We stink. We absolutely stink. <laughs> now, there's been different reasons why we stink. You know, it usually it used to be we didn't have any talent. Now it's we got too many egos. So yep. that's just my personal opinion. But anyway, that was, I I I can't argue with that. I so honestly honestly like we um we I'm sure we're ready to move on on that part. But that's probably what I feel like the main reason was last year. Too many, uh, one number five two too many egos. So you, if you guys have been to any of the at any of the games and and you know still can't really pinpoint where we are, Nick is the guy uh, in the north or don't get me wrong, the uh, north is that west or northeast corner? I've been in the north uh, west corner. Northwest corner. Okay, so he's in the northwest corner. So think about it, bud zone. You look down. If you're looking down at the field, he's the guy. If you haven't noticed him, he's got the massive beard. That literally is about as tall as he is. So um, he's that guy down there getting the guys hype. Um, you know, you've seen him probably at 904, uh, you know, happy hour. You've seen him on uh, a lot of the other publications around town. He, uh, he does, yeah, Taco Lou serving drinks behind the bar. So he puts the J in Jaguars, man, to, to believe it or not. You know, he's the guy that runs about. So, you know, besides this, Nick, and, you know, and we'll get into, you know, your, your, your your day and what it's like being on the sideline but man talk about how how you how did you become a Jags fan you know just you know from Jacksonville you know what led to you becoming a Jags fan and to you know ultimately working for them which is probably the one of the best jobs in town I think um both of those stories are actually really cool and I, I, I won't make them too long but um I was born in 86 so obviously young, the, you young know, cat <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't feel like it. But, um, you know, um, obviously they announced the team. I believe it, that we were going to get a team. I believe it was eleven thirty ninety-three, November thirtieth, nineteen ninety-three. So I was what six, seven, six, seven years old. Not old enough. Not old enough to know that much about football. But um, this would be John's favorite part: being a Seminole fan. Um, yeah, year, yeah. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> that same that same year, I started watching football with my dad, and Florida State won the national championship. That's and I was right. like, "Well, I was like, well, this is a pretty cool season to start watching football." The first year I start watching football, my team or the team that I'm adopting wins the national championship, and the city I live in got adopted a football team. Well, here we go. So. Obviously, being a young kid, I was like, well, one day I'm going to play or work for the Jaguars. You know, well, you, John knows me in stature. Um, no one else might. Derek, you probably definitely don't. But um, throughout the years, uh, from the age of probably six or seven when we got announced the team to where I'm at now, I'm still the same height and the same weight. All, 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 all of a tower. Basically, if you would imagine Mojo, but about 80 pounds lighter. <laughs> hey, hey! There's some people that are born in '86 that listen to this podcast that hate you right about now. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> well, I uh, 
you know, as the, anyways, as the years go on, I started playing football in high school, and I realized that no, I'm not going to be playing for the Jags one day. But it didn't get, I didn't give up on that dream of working for them. But um, a small fortune or faith happened my senior year of high school, and my English teacher approached me and goes, "Hey, we need a guy to cheer in our cheerleading squad so we can compete in nationals, wear a guy short, and you fit in the uniform." And I was like, you, "You're out of your mind." And long story short, she talked me into going to practice, and we went to the gym the next day. And the guy that owned the gym, I'm decked out in Jags gear. I got a Jag sticker on the back of my truck, tag on the front, tag on the back. It happens to so be the same day or the weekend of a Sunday night football game against the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2004. He goes, "Hey man, we need a guy tonight." You know, it's like boom, boom, like it all happened the same week. Can you cheer? Hey, can you work this Sunday? He asked if I could work the Jaguar game that Sunday. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, what do I got to do? Pass out flyers at the gate? He goes, no, actually, you're going to be on the field. Hmm. Like, Hold up. <laughs> you know, so, like, it's like the blink of an eye. I became a Jaguar fan, uh, you know, out of nowhere. But it was, you know, it was to me it was like fate. You know, started watching football the year that we were announced the team. And then, you know, flash forward to my senior year. And my English teacher, who was the Chilean coach, comes out of nowhere and is like, I need you. I need you on the Chilean squad. And two days later, we're at a gym practicing. And the guy that owns the gym is like, hey, can you work the Jag game Sunday with me? I'm like, you know, I'm obviously meant to be here. And I haven't missed a game ever since. Dude. Wait, repeat that. Repeat that. You haven't missed a game since when? I haven't missed a home game since. Uh, I might got I might, I might have the date wrong, but it's either December 15th or 16th of 2004. That's Ooh. wild. So okay. through, hey, so hey. I mean, through all of the, I mean, you were there through the, the through the dark years, a lot of dark years. <laughs> if there are any Jag fans on Twitter that want to start an argument of how loyal you are, I'm just <laughs> going to put Nick to the front of the line and say, I dare you to beat him. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean you've been I, out there in in September. Um, during the hottest games, during the rainiest games, doing during some of the worst production that we put on the field, and you haven't missed a game since '04. I won't, I won't go to, I won't brag a little bit, but I will. I've also worked a few games. I worked the game two days after knee surgery. I worked the game the day after I had a, um, the day after I passed a kidney stone. Oh my god! <laughs> which, oh my god! <laughs> which. Uh, I I don't know which one I'm more proud of the knee sur- the knee surgery I I crutched onto the field and had the guy in my corner hide them and I just stood there the whole time it was very like hopped up and down on one leg that was probably dumb but the day after the kidney stone that I sh- I probably shouldn't have done that <laughs> wow. I was I was, curled, I was curled over a toilet for like 18 hours the day prior and I was like I can't miss this game I cannot I, I'm pretty sure we lost too. To me, honestly, like being a fan, but also it's kind of almost now at this point, it's like, I don't want to lose my streak, man. (laughs) It it, it means, it means a lot to me now. Like I, I really means a lot to me to be there. Not for my, not just for the team, but for myself, but I guess it's a combination of both. Like I'm, I'm so dedicated. I, I was at the, I was at the Houston Oilers game, the very first game. And I still have, my hat from that game in perfect condition. That was the only thing, John. I was like, "Is it a video chat?" Because I, I have this hat. I'm ready to show it off. Oh, it's like show. It's like show and tell. <laughs> I have the, 
I have the hat from that, that original home game. It's still in plastic bag. It's never been worn. Wow. That's crazy. But that is that is insane. Part part of the that was also part of the story. I forgot. I wrote that down, but I kind of looked over it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, what's funny is you know next question we were going to ask you about how your typical game day was. So let's give a little summary of what he just said. Um, you know, I was about to pass this kidney stone. It was about eight <laughs> o'clock. It's like, dang, I got to get down to the stadium, man. Oh man, my, I got a dislocated finger. I can't play. Hold my beer, man. I'm about Hold to go out here. <laughs> yeah, bro. There, there's people that don't want to. There's people that don't want to go to the games because of traffic. <laughs> so, so my, so let me tell you. So my, let me tell you my typical game day. And this is, this is why I do get frustrated with when we had those dark years. Why people decided they didn't want to show up when the Jags gave those options to get tickets for dirt cheap. Remember those? There were those years where you can go up and get tickets an hour before kickoff for mm-hmm. like twenty bucks. Yeah, I remember. They were that. like, "Please come to the game." Right. Publix was giving away tickets. Yep. Yeah. Like, like buy Publix chicken wings, get a four pack of tickets for free, like yeah. for nine ninety nine. Like what? <laughs> but <laughs> so I've been in the service industry since I was sixteen years old, and for the majority of that life, I've closed because I just like let me work. So I, I, I typically leave work on Saturday. I bartend now. I close. Every Saturday night, I typically work at two, three in the morning. I have to be at the stadium at eight thirty because I'm one of the captains. So I usually have to get there before everybody else to set up the room, get everything prepared. And obviously, you know, we all know it's 110 degrees on game day. But you know, the way our, I, I don't, I don't even set an alarm typically on game day because I wake up like three hours before we're supposed to be there, ready to freaking go. Um. My old song, I used to have a hype song in the morning. It used to be the song the defense used to play play back in the mid two thousands, back when like Mike Pete was on the team and stuff. Right. Um, right. I, I wish I could remember the name. I think it was Little John. Yeah, get but, your car shot up. Get you. Get yeah, your yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your neck set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That was my jam, but now it's hype by Drake. But I get up, <laughs> I play my hype song like two or three times in the morning, enough to get my gums bleeding when I'm brushing my teeth. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> time to go I don't want to get slapped like Big John but just enough to get my blood flowing you know take a little coffee head to the stadium we get this, we get everything set up um, it's cool because usually like like I said I'm, I'm one of the captains so we we usually go through the jumps with Jackson DeVille he does a pregame jump in the morning we go through that we get to set up all the flags and where they need to go we set up the Gatling guns and the t-shirt guns in the corners um what a lot of people don't know, which I think is really cool, is NFL game days are completely scripted from beginning to end other than the plays. I mean, the plays are obviously scripted too, but everything that people see on TV and or at the stadium, everything's scripted almost to the time. Like from, you know, the opening from where the away team runs out, the home team runs out, the when the Jack, when Jack Stock leads the home team out to where Jacksonville jumps off the – Tower to where the national anthem sung to the flyby. It's literally to the T. It's like twelve fifty one. Jacksonville jumps or twelve fifty one. Jackstack runs out. Twelve fifty three. Jacksonville jumps. Twelve fifty six. National anthem. Twelve fifty nine. Flyover. Everything's to the T. So that's that's cool because we get to go through the itinerary of game day, and you know it'll it'll be like one thirty seven. Third break. Second quarter. And you're like, there's no way that's gonna happen. And then we'll have a break come up. It's our it's our Gatlin gun launch, and they did to the T, right on point. You're like, that's crazy. But it's cool because that's how the whole 
that's how the whole uh, thing runs and whole function, the whole process works. And to me, that's another cool part of it is you don't get to see that. And if, you, if you've never been a part of it, as far as working for an NFL team or something like the Jack Shack, which John, you've had a taste of it, but yeah. not many people are going to have an option or an opportunity to have that. And they don't know that's how things are done. Most people just think, you know, these guys show up on Sunday and when the whistle blows, they run until the whistle stops or until the clock stops. And there's a lot more to it, which is really cool. But that's why it's also a big money, big money gig. As much as I miss rolling T-shirts, um, <laughs> I do, I do, I do enjoy, you know, uh, tailgating and, and enjoying that whole atmosphere because, you know, you're sacrificing, you know, that part of your fanhood. You know, a lot of the I times. Uh, the home games and, and the things that you want to be seeing and you see your friends on, you know, either Instagram, Facebook, enjoying the game. And then, you know, it, you're, you're down there. But then there's also like a silver lining whenever your boys, you know, shout you out from the stadium and they see you and you, you know, you magic, you, you throw the T-shirt up there to them somehow um, or you shoot a T or shoot a T-shirt like, you know, in the exact you know range where they are. So it is a little bit of a sacrifice and give and take there, man. But, you know, talk a little bit about these Gatling guns. People, um, you know, that's one of the things that is pretty unique to the team are the, the, the Gatling guns and then the T-shirt launchers. Um, how far have you shot a T-shirt? So the crew, we've, we've shot a T-shirt out of the stadium before. Um, Crazy. We've shot, we've shot one over the bud zone. We've shot one to the very top of the Fist of the Nosebleed, the 400s. Um, I'd say a, a quick shout-out to Jim Berling game. He's built every one of our – Every one of our T-shirt guns and our Gatling guns, all from hand, all from scratch. It's crazy. He he just likes, he's a little, you know, he just likes to be a little handyman. And he came up with the idea years and years ago. When I first joined Jack back in 04, we had little slingshots. Like, you know, two men hold it and one man pulls it back and just, boom, slingshot. Well, after a few times hitting a couple people in the front row, because that's not a really great idea, <laughs> he, he decided – why not put a CO2 tank on a uh, on a potato gun and make it not so powerful and let's shoot T-shirts out of it? And he brought it to, you know, Curtis back in the day, a.k.a. old school Jackson DeVille, and goes, hey, I think this is a genius idea. If we are smart about it, this could blow up. And honestly, here we are years later, and he's had so many professional teams hit the Jags up and him up about building him or building them Gatling guns. He's so we have we have three Gatling guns, which I hope most people know. But if you don't, you know they're basically giant, almost like machine guns. But for it's it's monitors. basically like a turret with a machine gun. If you if you guys yeah. play Call of Duty or any of those things, imagine yeah. someone setting up a turret and you turning it, and then T-shirt guns just coming on out. So we have we have a ten shooter, a twelve shooter, and then a forty shooter. The forty shooter is insane. Insane, bro. It's got it's got like ten settings. It can shoot like every row at once, one t-shirt at a time, in simultaneous motion. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Back to the next row, next row, next row. Like that one's he's built these things from scratch. So definitely a huge shout out to Jim Berling Game because he's the man. We wouldn't have those if it wasn't for him. But honestly, when I probably should have said it back earlier when you asked about what, really what Jacksack was, but most people like you know what Jacksack is because. When the team runs out at the beginning of the game, you see that J-A-G-A-R-S. Or I guess last year we did the Duval, which is cool too. But right. we it's the flags pregame and then the guns, the Gatling guns. Second quarter and fourth quarter, we shoot the Gatling guns, and people freaking love it. 
even though they're all extra large t-shirts and it fits no one and everybody <laughs> wants a different size. Right. But, you know, and you mentioned it too. By the way, we also part of pregame. We only roll about 1,300 shirts. So everybody that says they don't get a t-shirt, you know, even if it's 58,000 that we're getting in the stadium, we're only rolling 1,250 to 1,300 every Sunday. So I promise we're trying to get them to you, but they're only giving us so many. I mean, you, you know, hey, it's it luck, luck where it may be. You know, you're supposed to luck be there for the game. Be. You're supposed to be there to watch the game anyway. So if you're coming to the game for a free T-shirt. Come on. That's what I'm saying. I will say this. If, if you really want a shirt that bad, find me on Twitter and on game day, hit me up, and I will meet you before kickoff. I believe – and this I have seen this happen. He has done it before. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, he is a man of his word. Um, that's at Nick of Jack's Pack. Or did you change it to uh, Jaguar oh, Jesus? Yeah, we're different now. I, I changed it. It's AKA underscore Jaguar Jesus. Okay, because of the beard. No, I, honestly, <laughs> and the hair. But honestly, it's uh, the, some fans actually came up with that. This this last season, I've been growing my hair out for like two and a half, three years. I, I, I've been rocking like a bald buzz cut with a clean baby face my entire life, and I decided to grow it all out. And the first home game of last season, I'm leading the team out of the, actually it was two years ago, which we said we were going to forget that year. So what did I say last season? Yeah, there I'm leading you go. The team out, I'm leading the team out of the tunnel. and some, I, I get to the north end zone at the end of our run, and these, this group of people are like, Jaguar Jesus, and they're pointing at me. And I was like, that's funny. I just laughed. And Jack, the, you know, my crew heard it, and they were all laughing, and we just made a joke out of it. And no joke, over the next three or four games, the entire north end zone started, like, calling me that and chanting it towards me. Every time we scored and I ran the flag, they called me that. And a friend of mine that I work with made me a Jaguar Jesus photo. If you follow me on Instagram or, or Twitter, you'll, you'll see it. And it, it'll make you laugh more than the name, and you'll, it'll, you'll understand a lot more why the name has kind of stuck and why I kind of ran with it. Like, not, not, not trying to be the blasphemy and not, you know, trying to offend anyone. It's supposed to be a joke, but then if you see, you'll totally understand. I hear you. <laughs> oh, no, man. We, we we don't we don't get we don't uh we don't no. have uh, listeners take things personal on this show so not at all never yeah, never, never. Have we had any, never. any never had any listeners take anything personal <laughs> on this show at all period don't worry about it man just you know just slide in the DMs like you have in the past right. and we'll we'll up we'll 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 up your comments to management so uh, <laughs> um so to talk a little bit about man we've talked a little bit about your personal life you know what what it's like on the Jacks Pack man. Let's get to the football side of things. You know, you're down there in the action. Um, you know, you're you're down there when these collisions are happening. These players are yelling. The personalities are are, are going down, man. Talk about some of the some of the sideline moments and some of the things that you you know ha- that you see. You know, whether it be um, you know some big hits, something like some awesome catches. You know, not very many people are are privileged to to watch. You know, the Jags. You know, uh, you know going back as far as you have in 2004, but seeing them live on the field, I mean, you're only about five feet away from the, the sideline, right? Yeah, we, we are basically, Jack's back is, if you look at the field from TV, there's a giant, I think it's like a four-yard massive white chalk line goes around the field. We're basically allowed to stand about a foot from it. There's that giant chalk line, and then there's a little dotted yellow line, which you can't really see that well from TV, but the yellow line's what we're not allowed to cross, but I mean, we're seriously, we're six yards from the action. We get, we can move up and down as far as the back of the end zone to about 10 feet from the bench. So 
we get really close. We've seen a lot. Me being around for so many years, I know where I'm allowed to go and where I'm not allowed to go. And I definitely push the limit sometimes, but not trying to get fired. I don't go too far either. But um, I've, I've been close to getting hit. David Garrard almost ran me over one time. I'll tell you, it's uh, even if you sit in the front row, there's nothing like being on the ground. You can feel those giant men. Like, you can feel the ground rumbling. Even from even from twenty thirty yards away, it's there's really enough there's really no way to describe it unless you get a chance to be on the field because there's just nothing like it. I mean, those there's obviously there's twenty two of those men plus the referees and they're like I said earlier, I'm not that big of a guy, so when they're coming towards you, it's like you're out in the wilderness with like a bunch of wildebeest coming right at you. <laughs> like, make sure you know where you need to be if they're coming at you because you will get ran over. I have um I had. I think two of my coolest experiences uh, in the 16 years I had, I've always wanted a football, a game day football, and I, I got it. I got one, um, even though it's a Chargers football. It was from a Chargers touchdown. They beat, they, they whooped our butt on Monday Night Football a few years mm. back. Go figure. <laughs> but um, I can't. I think it was. I can't honestly. I cannot remember who who caught it, but obviously it was Philip Rivers that threw it. Right. And, Homie crossed the, crossed the end zone, spiked the ball, and it bounced right into my hands. And I stood there for probably three minutes and never moved. Because we're not supposed to – we're honestly not supposed to touch or go after the football. Ball bounced into my hands. I just stood there and held it. No one came for it. Usually the ball boy will or the referee will. No one came over. No one came over. No one came over. The kick – the extra point happened. The kickoff happened. And I just snuck back to my bag, put it in the bag, and it is on my – Shelf right here behind me. But, um, three minute rule. Three minute rule. Three yeah. minute rule. You know what I'm saying? Three minute rule. But um, also, um, uh, two years last year actually. Last year, I can't remember what game it was, but I was able to hear and see Jalen Ramsey say something to one to a receiver. I don't remember who it was, but um, definitely heard a mouthful of something that I cannot repeat on air. <laughs> but. You don't. We don't get close enough normally to hear verbiage. We just feel it. Um, even though we are that close with the helmets and the and the noise, like you don't hear a lot of mouthing coming from the players. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of you know being who Jalen was or who Jalen is. I've always kind of been curious of what he says to other people, and um, I definitely know what that is, and I, I can understand why AJ Green went <laughs> tried to hit him. <laughs> <laughs> if he talked like Jalen, if, if, if Jalen talked like that to me, I'd probably try to hit him too. <laughs> huh. Like, so I can't repeat that on air, but uh, I'll, I'll just say that being on the sideline, it's it's, it's been really cool because I, I see the game, I feel like from a different point of view, and it's been able to help my knowledge of the game tremendously grow because I feel like I see plays before they happen. I feel like I could see plays developing before they happen because I've just seen, you know, I, I've probably seen some of the greatest football players in the last 20 years, you know, up close and personal between or from Peyton to Tom Brady to Adrian Peterson, Terrell Owens, Randy Moss. I mean, there's there's probably not a football player that's played on, on the field in the last 20 years that I haven't seen a person. So yeah, there, able- there's been some legends that have come through the bank. And I mean, with you, with you being there on the sideline, man, you know, and one of the things that I used to do was just, you know, of course, you get to see our players, you know, during training camp. But, you know, being able to actually, you know, watch the players. I mean, I remember watching Odell, 
during his pregame yep. warm-up. And I'm just like, man, this is crazy that, you know, this is like an athlete. And when he actually was out running his cuts and doing his pre- pregame warm-ups, man, it, when he would make his cuts, it would sound like the the sound of of the cuts is just something that you, you can only, you know, understand. Like whenever he catches the ball, it sounds like a, a small, like 380s going off, you know, when it hits his well, hands and everything. It almost, it almost sounds like someone's like ripping sandpaper. You could yeah. hear their cleats in the grass. Like it's crazy. I've actually had a chance over the years too. I've, I've, I've met and taken pictures with uh, Marshall Falk. Uh, I've met Marshall Falk, taking a picture with him, uh, Deion Sanders, and Calvin Johnson, which is pretty freaking cool too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so, even though even even though Megatron's hip was leaning against my temple, uh, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they call him Megatron for a reason. That dude is incredibly huge. But so that's pretty cool ask- too. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to see if I can't jog your memory because one play that sticks out for me all the time, uh, I was at a game. This would have been a Monday night game or Sunday night game uh, probably about 10 or 11 years ago. Uh, Peyton Manning was playing for the Colts. Uh, Reggie Nelson was in his, I think, second year, uh, maybe first year. He was free safety, obviously. And Peyton Manning was you know, doing his thing, and then he just stopped. And I remember looking at the defense, and Reggie Nelson was just, like, out of position. He was getting yelled at, I think, by uh, Mike Peterson. He didn't know what the call was, what the coverage. And then Peyton Manning just started going nuts. I don't know if you remember this. And then he hiked the ball, and he threw it to Dallas Clark, and Dallas Clark got probably about 70 yards down to the one-yard line. Hmm. And, and I just remember sitting there saying, like, if I'm up here and I see this, like, what are people on the field? Like, if you're on the field – you know, he, he, he probably was like, you probably heard the whole defense probably cuss him out. <laughs> like, I, uh, I kind of, before you brought up the Dallas Clark, I was like, I feel like that happened most of the time we played Peyton Manning. <laughs> but, <laughs> but actually, I feel like I do remember the Dallas Clark going all the way down to the one-yard line. But, I mean, that seemed to happen a lot when Reggie Nelson was around until he went to Oakland, where all of a sudden he was a pro bowler out of nowhere. Right, <laughs> right. It, yeah. it, always seemed like, it always seemed like there was a coaching problem. All the time, even though all of our players were great until they left, I don't know what happened. Or they were always terrible until they left. Yeah. How do these guys go win Super Bowls after they leave here, like Keenan did with Tampa? You know, how's that happen? But Uh, we definitely, there was definitely times, you know, like that's when you brought up early beginning when you said about the egos. That showed to me last year on the field. You saw guys looking for, why aren't you there to back me up? Like, you know, it kind of was disappointing because it seemed like we were just – we were too close to being that camaraderie where we couldn't be beat. And then how did how did we get to this level to where now we seem like we're not even on the same page anymore? Like, it was – to me, that was definitely prominent last year, and I, you could see that. Like, throughout the years, there's been times I just – there's been – honestly, there's been too many years where we just have not been good, where it's just been like it – look, it looks like a giant – you know, circus out there. Like, <laughs> honestly, like it was more fun watching the other team because we just like what was there to what was there to what was there to enjoy watching from us? Like, right. One good play a game kind of thing most of the time. It just like honestly, over the years we all know we it was the offense always crutched us, and when when the defense is doing well and the offense can't score three but three points a game. You know, it's very frustrating. So there was many times it looked like a circus, but I honestly think 
we've finally seen that turnaround over the last couple of years, and it really showed last year to me. It, it showed there was something happened last year, whether it was in the locker room or something happened on the field, that, that those those guys weren't on the same page. And I don't know how it looked in the stands, but it showed. I mean, that Dallas game, even though I wasn't at the Dallas game, but I think it showed big time at the Dallas game. But, you know, I, I don't know. How did you guys see it? <laughs> well, I mean, I definitely saw that there was some sort of, you know, disconnect from whether it was either um, either locker room or personnel or coaching disconnect. There was some – some you the team, um, you know, obviously wasn't plugged in offensively, but defensively, you know, it kind of hurt to see those guys, um, you know, not much change on paper, but, you know, a completely different product on the field. But statistically, they still end up in top five. Uh, you know, in defensive categories, you know what I mean? So it's, it's that, 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 that disconnect right there is just so, it's just baffling, man, to see, you know, how you can really have the same team from last year and then, you know, bring them, or from 17 and still, you know, face formidable opponents. And then you just really think, man, are we really just not that good because of our strength of schedule? Or was it just a cohesiveness in a team thing? And I kind of feel like this year, um, you know, that, there, I, I still think that remnants of, of last year as far as cohesiveness, you know, still is, you know, on the team. I mean, we don't have, you know, Ngakwe. We haven't really signed him up, you know, or signed him to a deal yet. And then with you know, some of the other, uh, you know, offseason transitions, some of the question marks right now we have at safety and free safety, um, you know, that, that question mark is still there. And it's, it's even bigger uh, than it was uh, last year for sure. Hey, and not Helen Telvin. I mean, Telvin's a huge – Huge vocal leader, and I mean that 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 hurts, man. I mean, I feel like that hurts the team physically and mentally. I mean, he's he's led that team defense and just period. That he's he's led that team all around, captain wise. We've seen it. We've seen it on the field. And we've seen it in the locker room. So you know, I I honestly think I think when we lost pause, something something was lost in Telvin. And it obviously it showed last year, and it's obviously showing now. And I, you know, I definitely hope we don't have what was not gelling last year roll over to this year. Because I like, I do like some, I do like a lot of the additions. I really like Josh Allen. And not to bring this up again, Mr. John, but you know, unfortunately with the Jared Lorenzen passing away today, the former oh, quarterback, the, the hefty lefty, all right, hefty lefty. I saw. I saw on Twitter earlier that someone had shared he had posted like a live video when they beat Florida last year. What was it thirty one year streak? Yeah. Something like <laughs> that. But who who's counting? Yeah. Who's counting? <laughs> you know what up? You know what up? <laughs> that, that that's you two. Post- you you have two. <laughs> you give me two. I I I let you slide with Kelvin. You, 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 that's two that's two gator digs at me right now. So I, I, I don't know. Reason, the, the only reason I brought that up was because Josh Allen won that game. And he was showing, he was showing, he was like streaming the live last seconds of the game. And I guess, I think, if I remember right, Josh Allen sacked whoever was, whoever was playing quarterback for at the moment. You, it's full, you don't, you know who was it, it was. Was it Felipe? You know, you know who it was. <laughs> you know who it was. Hey, hey, it's like Felipe is like Blake. He's getting better, man. He's working hard every day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's a team player. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's very he's, he's very positive and he's great with the media. Yeah. Uh, gosh. Same story. Same story. But different he, team. Sorry, JK. I, I, I'm ex- I'm excited about 
some possibilities. You know, what I mean, I'm I can't say that I'm head over heels about Nick Foles, but I'm it's 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 a much it's a much better improvement. So I'm definitely looking for some some positivity and move in the right direction. But you know, I definitely saw some, a lot of disconnect last year. And to me, like, to me being out there, you know, I've obviously been positive every year. Like I, like I always will be because it's just the Jack fan I am. But what I saw last year and what I've seen going into this year, like, I'm just like, I'm, I need to see a lot coming up in these next, you know, six to eight weeks to make me a full believer. I'm just, I'm always way too optimistic. Like my glass is always over half full. And it still is, but, you know, I guess that's when you see stuff on the sidelines, like, like we do, you know, I've, I'm hoping last year is completely out of everyone else's memory because it's not out of mine. I hear you. I hear you. So, man, wrapping it up, man, you know, and, and we do appreciate it. And it's the 25th year of, of the Jags. Um, and, you know, as we continue to, um, you know, bring on some other, you know, uh, guests and get some other point of views from other, uh, you know, Jags fans here in the next coming weeks, got to ask you, man. Favorite favorite Jaguar player or favorite Jaguar moment in the last 25 years? I know it's tough, uh, or maybe easy, depending on the win streak. But uh, favorite <laughs> favorite moment? Um, I'd say favorite favorite player is, is probably always going to be Fred Taylor. It's come, probably be hard to beat that, even though I became friends with Josh Kobe and I'm still friends with Kobe, and he's taken me golfing a few times. So, what school did Fred Taylor go to? Um, anyways, you said <laughs> favorite moment uh, is, um, <laughs> I, hey, look, I have no, Fred Taylor's a Jaguar, you know what I'm saying? But, um, I would say, yes, he's definitely my favorite player in, you know, Florida Gator for sure. Whatever, whatever. I'll give it back to you. So I'm, next, I, I'm down one. We're, we're at one now. But, um, favorite moment, um, I have, honestly, I have two. 44-17. Two that I, I was a part of, 44-17, when we ran all over the Colts, 375 on the ground. Um, that was a, that was unbelievable. And I'm pretty sure they won the Super Bowl that year, which was really wild. <laughs> but um, that and then the Buffalo Bills wild card game, because I'll never forget it. Every time I bring, every time I think about it or bring it up, I get chills all over my body. I've never yeah. seen the stadium. I've never seen the stadium like that. I've never heard the stadium like that. And I was about 15 feet from Jalen Ramsey when he picked it off to win the game and pretty much followed him all the way to the end zone, too, where I had to basically stop before I would have probably got fired if I would have kept running towards him. <laughs> but if, there's quite a few videos. If, you, if you're watching, you can see me and Mr. Nachi in the background celebrating very, very excitingly and jumping about 15 feet in the air. And we're right there with him. But those are definitely, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of other moments if I had time to think about it. Um, the what was it the 59 yarder against the Colts to beat the Colts in the last the Scobie kick to win I think it was 59 yards uh, crazy I, I was the only one to run the flag because I was the only one <laughs> not too excited enough to remember that we still have to run the flags when when we kick the goal but I'm also in that highlight video as the only person running the flag in the background which is pretty cool and I'm on the front page of the paper Scobie's running carrying the, I have that still to this day Scobie's running with his helmet and you see me in the back of the flag, like that was cool. But yeah, for sure. Favorite two moments of all time for me that I've been a part of, that I've been there, uh, 44, 17 against the Colts. I think it was 2006, maybe 07. And then, uh, the, the Buffalo Bills game. I wish I could have said the Patriots game cause I was there, but, um, you know, I still cry when I talk about that. 
it didn't make the list. But yeah, go Fred Taylor. That's cool. I'll say go Fred. I'll say go Fred for you. Go Gators for that one. Oh I'll man, give you that. I'll give you that, John. We're we're gonna end it on the Gator note, but that's okay, man. We, we, they, they won they won this past year, so I'll take my forty one to fourteen crap score. And, uh, but hey, man, it, it's it's a wrap uh, for tonight. Uh, you know, we as always, we thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, we're great to have uh, uh Nick on board this evening. Hey, don't forget, man, leave us a uh, five-star rating. Uh, drop us a question. Uh, JK3's always got the Twitter line open. We're always uh, looking for just conversation, man. And you never know. Present the right question. You might end up on here like Nick. I, I don't know if how many would be love, would love to join us for a, a quick convo, but we're always down for whatever. So, uh, again, we thank you for listening to uh, Down by the Bank.